Hello, and welcome to the Annie Monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill. My name is Kayla Hemphill. On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're back for the second time, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, as long as you didn't tune out by the first episode <laughs> and you're still with us, thank you for being here. Yeah, that first one was a doozy. Yeah. Uh, so last week at the end of our premiere episode, we hit the random button on Crunchyroll, and the show that appeared was called Magical Girl Ore. So this title literally means Magical Girl Me. Uh, we only know the slightest bit about Japanese, so I'm not going to try to like talk about this regularly on the show. Right. Uh, but it is applicable here because the title is sort of a play on words. Mm-hmm. Uh, ore is the pronoun... Uh, for like me or I, mm-hmm. and it's a male pronoun. And from what I can tell, it's kind of used to emphasize like superiority and masculinity, especially. So it's not only referring to a male, it's it's meant to be really masculine. Which makes a lot of sense for the show. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, it's not only informal, but it's also seen as sort of a rude usage. So uh, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. If that gives you any hints about what the show <laughs> is about, then uh, here we go. So it was originally a manga series from 2012 to 2014, and uh, there is a 12-episode anime adaptation that just completed its run in June of this year. I don't know if there's going to be more or anything. We watched the first four episodes, so we don't really know where it goes from here. But uh, the director is Itsuro Kawasaki, uh, who directed and storyboarded quite a few other things, um, but among them is that Pokemon Origins series that we watched. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Additionally, the animation studio that did this is uh, Piero. Uh, They did a lot of stuff. So they're known for like Bleach and Naruto and Yu Yu Hakusho. Mm -hmm. Uh, They also animated Miss Machiko. (laughs) So they've been around for quite a while. Wow. Yeah, that is a while. Uh, So here we go. We're going to discuss the first four episodes. And as usual on our show, we'll try to avoid major spoilers, but we are going to get into the details. So when we first started the series, we get introduced to the main character. Her name is Saki, and she is a normal teenage girl who is in a pop idol band with her best friend trying to make it big in order to impress her crush Mohiro and not doing so great. They're totally unpopular. Nobody comes and sees their shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so... After one of her failure shows, she comes home to her mom and a strange man and discovers that her mom used to be a magical girl up until very recently when she hurt her back. And her mom and this guy are trying to convince her to become a magical girl herself. And she's totally rejecting the idea until she finds out that her crush Mohiro has actually been kidnapped by demons. And Saki takes it upon herself to try to rescue her crush. So she runs out, and this triggers her magical girl transformation in which she becomes a giant buff dude. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, a buff dude who still wears the magical girl outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Ribbons, bows, the skirt, the whole shebang, but a big buff dude. So, after defeating the demons very violently, she finds out 
that her best friend and her band's manager had actually seen the whole thing happen, watched her transform, and they know now that she's a magical girl. And they totally embrace it. They're really excited for her. In fact, her manager is a total fanboy of magical girls. And so she decides to embrace it and just keep doing the magical girl thing. And this culminates when she discovers that her crush, Mohiro, has been kidnapped again. And she goes off to rescue him. But in fact, ends up needing rescuing herself. And her best friend also becomes a magical girl. She gets triggered and becomes also another big buff dude in a dress. And after they defeat the demon, they have this flashback onto how they became in love with their different people. Because in order to become a magical girl, you have to be in love with somebody. So we have this flashback episode that shows when her best friend fell in love with her and when Saki fell in love with Mohiro, which happens to be the same day. And this leads to the manager deciding that the two magical girls should form a pop idol group in their magical girls form. So as two buff dudes in dresses, that should be the band. And they put it on the internet And it surprisingly becomes really popular. (laughs) So popular, in fact, that they get to be on a TV show. And so... Right away. Right away. Yeah. Because that's that's what happens. So they go to the TV station to film their big premiere. And they meet another superhero. But not a magical girl. Just a guy who's decided he's going to save the city from demons with his bicycle. Yep. (laughs) And they discover that Mohiro, once again, is in trouble with demons, that demons are trying to kidnap him. And so while people are filming, they beat up the demons and they are on TV as these magical girls who fight demons in front of in front of a live audience and that's kind of where episode four ended yep so there's an actual plot this week yeah (laughs) there are that's a nice change of pace yeah definitely yeah it's it's funny they they basically outline the whole plot in the first few seconds of the show yes um and really it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone who's seen a magical girl show it's pretty much the same thing overall And I guess we shouldn't assume like everyone listening would know, um, mm-hmm. but basically a magical girl anime is a is a sort of genre mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that there is some kind of evil in the world and the, the only people who can take care of it are these uh, young girls who are given magical abilities in order to fight the, the evil thing, mm-hmm. usually uh, by like signing a contract with some entity mm-hmm. of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... This is kind of a, a humorous take on that sort of genre. Mm-hmm. And so while the on the surface, it's really typical of this genre, it's mm-hmm. very different also. Yes. Yeah. Um, it is also combining kind of two genres at the same time, which is the pop idol genre yeah. of like going to be heavy on the music, just talking about show business life. 
And then conversely, this magical girl genre. So this is kind of combined together. So yeah. there's lots of music, but there's also girls in skirts transforming into magical girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the story and the characters that went along with this show, mm-hmm. one thing that that I was thinking about is that there's kind of one primary gag that defines the show, and that's obviously the fact that when the magical girls transform, normally they would get like a fancy outfit <laughs> mm-hmm. and they would get some sort of magical weapon. Mm-hmm. And then they would be able to use their powers to fight the evil. Mm-hmm. In this case, they just turn into big dudes. Yes. In fact, that that plot is even more specific in the weapons that they get. They don't yes. really get weapons. Right. They, uh, the guy they sign a contract with just tries to like give them a gun yes. and with unlimited ammo and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's really no. There's very little magic to it. Yes, other than the transformation part. Right. Mm-hmm. I guess the conceit is like, oh, you just need to be a big buff dude to beat all these things up. Which is what they say, actually. There's a line that says, well, men are just better at fighting, so it yeah. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do think they give the gag away a little bit too easily, mm. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, if you knew Japanese, you would know from the title that there's something to do with men. Men. Mm-hmm. And if you see the box art or, like, any screenshot from Crunchyroll Mm -hmm. or anything like that, Mm -hmm. even the uh, the intro animation, Mm -hmm. uh, it shows, like, both of their forms. Yeah, that was one thing that was kind of disappointing is knowing that her best friend was going to get this form because you saw it in the intro video. At the the very beginning of the show, we actually see Saki dreaming Mm -hmm. and... It's in her dream that she wants to become a magical girl, and she doesn't even know that that exists in real life. So Mm -hmm. she kind of sees it as a she sees it as a TV show. In Mm -hmm. fact, they make some (laughs) jokes about how it's it's really just a Mm -hmm. an animation that's playing in her head while Mm -hmm. she's dreaming. Mm -hmm. But I love in this plot that when her dream actually comes to fruition, Mm -hmm. it's kind of squashed at the same time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because none of it is the way that she pictured in her head, and none of it is the way she would want this to happen. Yeah, yeah. Between her physical form, which embarrasses her to no end, she's also really kind of disturbed by how much actual violence there is. You know, if you watch a lot of Magical Girl anime, you'll know that typically the violence that takes place is kind of brushed to the side because it's, you know, they use magic to get rid of the enemies. They just kind of vaporize or there's some magical rainbow explosion Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. disappear. Mm -hmm. Their only option in beating these demons up is to, like, bash them with a a rod, basically. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, And obviously that's used for comedic effect as as well. Um, But it's it's just keeps pounding on this fact that all of her dreams are coming true, but it's not at all what she wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my favorite aspect of that was the fact that she's in a failing pop duo. Mm-hmm. And when she finally gets her chance, it's not even her. Yeah. It's uh, this male form that she's transformed into. Oh, yeah, that makes sense because she's been trying so hard. At one point, she even talks about how... She just has these piles and piles of CDs in her room. Yeah. And she suddenly becomes extremely popular really quickly as a dude. <laughs> yeah. 
this hits close to home, I would say, (laughs) which is kind of sad and funny. But it's true. Like my bandmate and I have Mm -hmm. talked about, you know, what if we just did one pop song, Mm -hmm. like really bad pop. We Mm -hmm. write it in the most trite sort of cliche way Mm -hmm. with the most basic sorts of production value. Mm -hmm. And we put it out there and we suddenly (laughs) get huge. Mm -hmm. And then we just ride that way for a little while (laughs) until we're able to do what we actually want to do. Sure, sure. Uh, So I thought that was funny. Sure, so you related. It's it's pretty accurate and funny in the way that it presents (laughs) that kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of the characters in the show kind of play on the different genres that are in both of these kind of shows. So both in the pop idol kind of way and then in the magical girl sort of way. So Saki herself is pretty classic for a magical girl. She reminds me a lot of Usagi from Sailor Moon. Yeah, She's a little boy crazy. She's kind of klutzy. Um, but she's fiercely, fiercely loyal to her to her loved ones. I I love that they take her and just put these little tweaks on her, right? So a lot of times when you see these magical girls, they have some sort of redeemable part. Like they suddenly either become competent as magical girls or um, they become more beautiful or something. And the exact opposite happens to her. She becomes a dude. Um, she's not more talented. Like, she's not suddenly a really good fighter or, in fact, she's also a terrible singer. Which is one (laughs) of my favorite things. Yeah, and she doesn't suddenly become a better singer. She's still a bad singer. And so she's she's kind of this play on, you know, what goes on with the, especially the magical girl genre, but kind of done in a new way. Yeah, uh, when we had talked about this a little bit, we had, mentioned how uh, Saki and her friend are, her friend is really just a better version of her in every way, yes. in, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's a great singer, mm-hmm. and Saki is just kind of barely hanging on by a thread mm-hmm. in the pop duo. Mm-hmm. And physical traits as mm-hmm. well are clearly, they're shown in a certain way mm-hmm. that her friend is supposed to be the, the superior model. Mm-hmm. She's more well-developed. Yes, and the fact that it sort of carries over into her transformation is pretty funny as well. Yes. Yeah. Even in the transformation, her best friend is taller than she is, yep. <laughs> a little more buff than she is. She's instantly really good at fighting the demons. She yes. comes out and starts smashing them yeah. to pieces immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's really good. As far as other characters, mm-hmm. so the male pop duo, mm-hmm. not not the transform pop duo, but... Um, Mohiro, Mohiro and, and his bandmate. His band, I forget his friend's name, mm-hmm. uh, but they're, the band's name is Star Prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and Mohiro himself uh, is kind of a character who doesn't really say anything. Yeah, he's a bit of a wet blanket. Yeah. Uh, outside of his singing, of course. When he gets yes. on stage, he immediately opens up and mm-hmm. he's able to sing and mm-hmm. convey his his feelings that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Additionally, we learn that his singing has the power to summon animals to his aid. <laughs> that happens in one of the flashbacks. Yes, yes. Uh, and also, even though he doesn't verbally speak, his gestures are kind of understood mm-hmm. uh, by pretty everyone. much everyone yeah. in the show. And it's kind of translated on screen. Mm-hmm. But somehow people are able to figure out what he's trying to say. 
Yeah, I was really confused at first because as I was watching, I I think I missed the first time he did that where he asked a question but didn't have any vocal, like vocalization for it. And so I was like, wait, what is what is she doing? Why is she like talking to him? And it was it kind of threw me off until I caught on to what they were doing. Yeah. Speaking of the flashbacks, Mm -hmm. I think they're also kind of really endearing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, The rest of the show being just kind of over the top comedy Mm -hmm. and ridiculous fights and mm-hmm. and things like that. There were two or three scenes, I think, where mm-hmm. they went back to their childhood. Mm-hmm. And those are very developed scenes. They weren't just like quick two-minute mm-hmm. sort of things. They were pretty lengthy. Yeah, it took up most of the episode. Yeah, uh, and they were actually really sweet. Oh, yeah, it, and it was done in a way that wasn't like, ah, remember this time when? it It actually developed the characters in a way that made you appreciate them more and understand them better. One other character that we haven't really talked about is Mm -hmm. the mascot character. Yes. (laughs) So in a magical girl anime, they usually sign a contract with some something, Mm -hmm. a cat or Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And that person, that entity is supposed to be their guide Mm -hmm. and help them in their mission. Absolutely. And in this case... (laughs) The mascot is this very scary looking guy, just a guy. Yeah, they uh, often refer to him as a Yakuza. Yeah, when she first approaches her house, Mm -hmm. when Saki first goes home Mm -hmm. and sees this guy, she's like, oh no, what did my mom do? Like, Mm -hmm. she's in trouble with the Yakuza and what's her relationship with this guy? Which... She didn't seem too surprised, which kind of makes me wonder, like, what does she think her mom gets into? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, mascot guy, mm-hmm. he, he kind of has a, a tick where he just says, damn it, at the end of every sentence, too. <laughs> yes. And when he is actually going around to try to guide the magical girls mm-hmm. in their fights, mm-hmm. he turns into a little fairy type creature. Yes. That just has like a, a cute sort of little fairy body and mm-hmm. then his big head yes. on top of it. Like his normal human looking head. Yeah. On like a cute little bear fairy body. And I also noticed uh, just another little aside about that guy. Mm-hmm. When his phone rings, mm-hmm. he had it in his pocket or something and it mm-hmm. was on vibrate. Mm-hmm. And the sound for his phone vibrating was the same voice actor just going, that's funny. I didn't yeah. notice that. So. There's uh, one other. I, I can't say it's a character. It's a group of characters that I really want to talk about, which are the demons. Yes. Because <laughs> they are really funny. Part of what I loved about this show, in contrast to a lot of magical girl animes, is that there isn't this monster of the week sort of play. Um the demons that we're seeing are the same demons every single episode. So when we see new ones, they're just little variations of the same demons that we've seen. We're dealing with the same kind of enemies through each episode, um, which I really enjoyed. Yep. But these demons start off being cute little, like, teddy bear things that you can, like, hold in your hands. And then they transform into these giant buff bear squirrel things. Yes. And it's kind of amazing. They're very disturbing in a way. (laughs) And it's like you said, they have very little variation amongst each other. Mm -hmm. So some of them are a little taller or more Mm -hmm. buff or more rounded, Mm -hmm. but they just have these weird like 
cute, creepy faces and yes. big, huge, buff, muscly bodies. <laughs> yes. And uh, that's also going back to how Saki's dream was to be a mm -hmm. magical girl and to fight demons and mm -hmm. save the world. In her dream, she had pictured like this scary monster thing. Yeah, yeah. Something that you would think would be like something you'd really be fighting. Yeah. Like a lizardy dragon looking thing. It's instead it's these like squirrel creatures mm -hmm. who lure humans into uh, accepting them because mm -hmm. they're cute mm -hmm. and then just try to drag them back through the portal to hell or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing I love about them is that even when they are transformed into the buff versions of themselves, uh, that they still have these really high-pitched, cute little, yep. like, squirrely. Yes! sort of. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was good, too. Mm -hmm. When it came to the actual plot, um, part of what I really love is that there is a lot of uh, self-referential humor. Because I personally am such a fan, I, I grew up watching, like, Sailor Moon and Card Capture Sakura. These are, like, the shows that I really, really love. So I like that they took a genre that I really loved and made a lot of inside jokes about that genre. Like when they transform into the dudes and when they have to say the name of the person that they're in love with um, in front of everybody. These are kind of things that we like see a lot. But my favorite part is that it finally answers the question, do people know what's going on while the girl's transforming? And the answer in this series is yes. People can watch you transform and they see the transformation yep. and it's hysterical. There's one part even where the girls are getting ready to go on their television appearance mm -hmm. And they almost forget to do it yes. because the TV studio is expecting two huge men. Mm -hmm. And so they go into the women's restroom <laughs> uh, and both lock themselves in stalls while mm -hmm. the bathroom is still being used. There are other people in it. Women. Yeah. Yeah. And they both shout their love interests at the top <laughs> of their lungs. And these big explosions happen <laughs> yeah. as they're transforming. And suddenly two huge dudes come out of the stalls. And all the women are just like, what in the <laughs> world is happening here? And I I just, I could not like control myself. Yep. Uh, what do you think of the animation quality and some of the character designs and the music and how all of the visual and audio elements work together? Mm -hmm. So um, the animation itself is uh, really pretty similar to what's popular right now. Um, not to say that it's bad in any way. It's just not anything special. Um, it's it looks nice. It's well drawn. You know, you can see that people put energy and money into it and it looks nice. It's just not um, unique in any way. It's just sort of what's going on it's right now. It's kind of a typical 3D shiny sort mm -hmm. of looking thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, uh, I would say the most striking thing to me was probably seeing the intro for the first time mm -hmm. because... When you first see the intro, not much has happened. I think it's right after the dream sequence. Yes. And so you are suddenly assaulted with <laughs> uh, the male forms of both of the characters. Mm -hmm. You see the demon squirrel things for the first time <laughs> yes. running around on screen. Yes. And those, unlike the 
the magical girls themselves mm-hmm. were not really shown in any promotional sort of materials. Right. So you just suddenly see these weird, weird looking <laughs> creatures running around. And mm-hmm. that was it was a trip to watch that <laughs> for the first time. Um, the idol music is pretty not terrible. No, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, at one point, they actually make a joke about it. Like we had talked about before, in one of the episodes, Mohiro is young and he's singing and he's singing to the girls. And if you read the lyrics, it's really nonsense. It doesn't, it's it's yeah. really weird and it's not proper sentences. And they actually make fun of him for it. And... So it's interesting to see, like, later on, like, he develops as a character as he can actually write music. But, yeah, they sound good and it's enjoyable. Yeah, especially there is a number where they first introduce Star Prince Mm -hmm. and the band. Uh, They're on a a TV broadcast doing an interview and a performance. And they both sing the song and do this choreography in front of a big audience. Mm -hmm. And that song is actually used for the rest of the show, at least mm-hmm. the parts that we saw, mm-hmm. as the ending credit song. Yeah. Uh, and it's catchy. It's yeah. fun. As far as the animation for that stuff, mm-hmm. sometimes that can get touchy because it's hard to animate people singing and dancing generally. Sure. Yeah. So I was kind of worried about that. Mm-hmm. I think they did okay. Yeah. Um, there were definitely, in that particular scene... Since it was an entire song, Mm -hmm. they reused several parts that were exactly the same animation frames. And, uh, you know, the chorus was obviously just cut and pasted. Mm -hmm. Uh, But otherwise, it was fine. Um, And the fact that Saki can't really sing that well (laughs) is great. It's Mm -hmm. probably my favorite thing about the show so far. Mm -hmm. Um, And just they didn't try to overproduce them. Yeah. So Star Prince being super cut and dry, clean, Mm -hmm. they've got their act together and they're perfectly in sync and these other two are really scraping (laughs) by. Mm -hmm. And I think the animation really shines in those um, instead. Uh, So I thought that was good. Yeah, the thing with Saki is um, when we say she's like a terrible singer, we don't mean like it's god awful and it hurts your ears. Um, she's actually just like a little off key. Yeah. Um, so uh, for me, not having quite the musical ear that you do, I didn't quite notice it at first until it became more and more obvious. <laughs> and not that she was getting worse. It was just like, what is sounding so weird? Yeah. And then I realized it was her singing just a little off key. Yeah. And that just made her as a character so endearing to me. Yeah. The fact that they wouldn't give her that redeemable quality of, well, at least she's a good singer. Right. And the most interesting thing to me is that nobody mentions it. Yeah, It no. never comes up that, Mm-mm. hey, the band is failing because you can't sing and mm-hmm. now we need a new person to replace you. Mm-hmm. Um, her friend never mentions it. Mm-mm. She acts like... She's her best friend and she loves her and we're just going to do this duo together. Mm -hmm. In fact, in the flashback um, where those two are interacting, Mm -hmm. Saki starts like practicing how to sing Mm -hmm. um, to mimic Mohiro and Mm -hmm. try to be like him. And her friend comes in and starts doing the same thing and Mm -hmm. they both train together basically their whole life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's really fun. Yeah. Uh, One thing that 
I was just thinking about with the animation. Um, there is a part uh, of the animation that they kind of deterred from uh, their normal style with uh, that I thought was a lot of fun. So there's this reoccurring thing with Saki that she runs out the door before her mom's able to give her breakfast. And so her mom gives her this huge, ginormous breakfast for her to, like, eat on her way it's to... It's like a, a piled-high plate of parfait or yes. something where you typically have the the tropey sort of toast-in-the-mouth mm-hmm. sort of scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, like, holding a plate and, like, devouring the food. Mm-hmm. Um, so during one of these scenes... Uh, Saki looks down at her food and they break to a live action shot of what would actually be this food. (laughs) Yeah. So it was kind of interesting because they just go right back to the animation. There's no reason for them to have put in this live action shot. And it was just this weird kind of jarring humorous thing that they (laughs) did. And I found it really amusing that they kind of... Just slip that in there for the heck of it. I sort of wonder if somebody at the studio had made something they were proud of that day. And <laughs> just like, hmm, picture, I'll put this in there. Yeah. Or they found it too hard to draw and they just decided to put <laughs> ah, a picture. screw it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, there were quite a few visual gags like that that I, I mm-hmm. enjoyed a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they do a lot of distorted, weird-looking faces and mm-hmm. When they're agitated or flustered or something, mm-hmm. you see that a lot in yeah. this kind of anime. Um, they also blurt out a bunch of gross things. <laughs> yes. So anytime that the the violence is happening mm-hmm. on screen, it's not actually shown. It's all behind a pixelated wall. Mm-hmm. So when they're just bashing demons to death, um, it's all kind of blurred in a funny way. <laughs> yeah, they always like turn the camera or something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, there was this one scene where she was waving her arms really fast Mm -hmm. and it was making the sound of a jet engine behind her. If you (laughs) notice that, uh, that was spinning up and and it started to blow jet streams at the other characters as she was spinning up. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things, uh, in terms of visual gags was that in certain magical girl anime, Mm -hmm. what you might see a lot of is when they're doing a transformation scene or... They're doing some sort of pan and zoom around the magical girl. Mm -hmm. There's definitely going to be a part where they zoom in on her breasts. Yes, always, always. Um, And there's some sort of bouncing involved. Mm -hmm. That's that's a thing you might typically see in these shows. They heavily (laughs) zoom in on the guy's pecs when when they are transformed. They also have a a shot of his crotch, too. They do. (laughs) With him wearing panties, like girl panties. Yeah. Yeah. So they use all the same mechanisms, yeah. but they don't even they don't change anything about it. They just no. now it's a guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's pretty funny, too. Yeah. I uh, throughout the whole show, um, it was funny while we were watching it. I kept pointing things out to Colin and being like, oh, this is exactly like from Sailor Moon and this is from Cardcaptor. And um, I loved all the little like throwbacks to those shows that they would make like references to those shows, sometimes in subtle ways, sometimes not in subtle ways at all. So sometimes it would be like, we're going to use the same similar looking weapon. Uh, And as Colin said earlier, that weapon is not actually magical. It is just used to beat people with. Yeah. Um, Demons, not people. But 
yeah, I, I loved all the like little references, but they still stayed true to their theme, which was these aren't the kind of magical girls that you think they right. are. Right. In fact, um, not all of those parodies are direct to a, a magical girl mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pointed one out to you that was yes. when, um, what is her friend's name? I keep forgetting it. Oh, it's... Sakuya. Yes, thank you. Uh, so when Sakuya um, first transforms into a magical girl, mm-hmm. she immediately starts beating up a demon. <laughs> yes. And she does it in a way that is... Uh, very reminiscent of Fist of the North Star. Mm-hmm. And she starts beating it up and going, yeah, da, 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 mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, kind of pointing to the fact that these aren't magical girls. <laughs> now they're these like big buff dudes mm-hmm. and they just beat stuff up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not super into the character designs. Okay. Uh, as, at least Saki. Okay. Um, I think she has dumb, illogical hair, mm-hmm. first of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned that, you know, that thing you always see where they have one strand of hair sticking out? Yeah, sure. That's called an ahoge. Okay, it has a specific name. It has a name in anime. Of course it does. So I'm learning stuff as well. (laughs) It usually indicates uh, a sort of dumb character, generally. Oh, that makes sense. That indicates, like, they're not Mm -hmm. functional in some ways, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. one way or another. Which... She Which is. does line up because yeah. uh, her friend is the better mm-hmm. version of her, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Additionally, Saki's mom looks like she's probably 19. Yes. But she's complaining about like her back is out mm-hmm. and she's super old and mm-hmm. she's too old to be a magical girl. Mm-hmm. The thing I did love about the way her mom looks, though, is that her mom just looks like an older version of her. Yeah. So she actually still has like the quintessential main character pink hair. Yep. Um, you know, in, in every anime, you can always tell who the main character is by the color of their hair. She has unusual pink hair as well. Right. Um, and I thought that was kind of fun. She actually also has uh, an ahoge, but it's a double. Oh, you're right. She does. So I wonder if they're saying that she's double dumb. <laughs> double useless yeah. now that her back is broken. Well, not broken, but hurt. What I do like is that her weird illogical features Mm -hmm. and her character design Mm -hmm. does transfer into her male form. Yes. She still has a big strand of hair sticking out when she's a guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's still the same color pink and it Mm -hmm. still doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So with the character designs, I'm kind of curious what you think of Sakio's male form. Okay. Um, because the thing that I noticed was that when she transforms into her version of the magical girl, which is a big buff dude, she looks like her brother Mohiro. Yes. Uh, but ripped because right. Mohiro is just like a, He's skinny, a skinny dude pop guy. Yeah. yeah. In fact, at one point they specifically point this out. Mm-hmm. She is looking at her brother as mm-hmm. he's walking down the hall of their house. Mm-hmm. And in her mind she like compares their faces to mm-hmm. her transformed version mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh, we're the same." Mm-hmm. So I guess continuity-wise like mm-hmm. she really just does transform into a male version of herself. Mm-hmm. Um so, Which yeah. looks like her brother. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like that. Yeah. I, I thought that was um, clever on their part in order to keep that continuity and not just be like, oh, we just made her look like more masculine. Is Since she had a brother that was there as a part of the plot, it actually makes sense that she would look like him. 
Cool. Uh, so do you have any general thoughts uh, to wrap things up? Any likes or dislikes that we haven't covered already? I, I think that the show is just a lot of fun. Um, like I said, it, it's kind of a it's a parody of a genre that I really enjoy, but it's done in a way that's not saying that the genre is bad. Um, it's not saying like, oh, ha ha ha, this thing is so dumb, so let's make fun of it. It's like, hey, we know you really love this thing, and let's just make it more fun, even more fun than it already is. And I love that specifically. Yeah. I am not typically a fan of <laughs> Magical Girl series. What? <laughs> nor am I typically a fan of idol shows. Sure, sure. Um, I'd say the exception is the rare thing that kind of tries to subvert the genre. Mm-hmm. So I think of Madoka Magica is yes. a very different example of mm-hmm. a Magical mm-hmm. Girl series. Sure. It also doesn't it's not making fun of it. Right. Obviously, that's a very serious show. Yes, very serious. Um, but it does so in a really intelligent and kind of impactful way. Mm-hmm. Whereas this does it in a humorous way that doesn't detract from what it's trying to parody. Yes. So I think you're right about that. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy that fact as well. Mm-hmm. And the idle stuff didn't make me want to barf. So <laughs> yeah, and I can a, give it credit for that. That's a big deal because Colin's really into music. And it is really hard for him if things are not done well. I'm not also a big fan of cheap kind of referential humor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might you might hear me say this on a lot of episodes mm-hmm. from here on out. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy good parody. Mm-hmm. I don't like referential humor. Mm-hmm. It's cheap and easy. Mm-hmm. This show kind of balances between those two things. Yeah. So some are really good scenes of parody mm-hmm. that don't directly point out like, oh, hey, this thing is funny Mm -hmm. and we want to make you think about that funny thing. Mm -hmm. Instead, they're just trying to do a funny thing and it's kind of reminiscent of Mm -hmm. that thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it does that well. Mm -hmm. Other times it's very cheap. Yeah. Uh, One of the opening scenes even is she just starts talking about like, oh, that'll be too difficult for the animators Mm -hmm. and you shouldn't (laughs) do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, not, Not into that. Uh, that's where we differ. I like meta humor, um, quite a bit. So I enjoyed that scene. (laughs) (laughs) I was immediately on board. So I guess the question to ask is, would you watch more of the show? As opposed to last week. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think I would watch more of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm totally on board. I'm actually like, it was really hard for me to stop at episode four. (laughs) I wanted to keep watching. So I look forward to, uh to watching the rest of this. Yeah. In general, four was kind of a weird episode. Yes. um, But especially bad to end on. Yes. Because it just introduced a character that we have no idea who they are, Mm -hmm. really. But they are Um, in the intro. Right. Um, Well, there's actually three characters, if if that's the one you're thinking of. Yes. So there's Fujimoto, Mm -hmm. who is this, like, vigilante, Mm -hmm. weird superhero character. Mm Mm-hmm who appears to actually just be a poor person who can't afford, like, <laughs> a real nice costume. stuff or a real costume mm-hmm. or weapons or anything. Mm-hmm. And his tactic appears to be just kick them in the nuts a little bit and yes. they fall over. <laughs> yes. um, but we don't know anything about that person because no. they're, they're wearing a mask and mm-hmm. they just kind of showed up and yep. we don't know who they are. We also don't really know what's up with the other Star Prince guy. 
Yes. The one who's not Mohiro. Mm-hmm. He seems a little shady. Oh, yeah, definitely. We don't know what he's doing. No, but, but something's up. Mohiro keeps getting targeted by the demons, mm-hmm. and they have to go to him every time there's a uh, an incident. Mm-hmm. And the other Star Prince guy seems to have something to do with it. Oh, yeah. We don't really know what. Yeah. And then there's also these two girls who are shown in the intro. Mm-hmm. And they just appeared in episode four. Mm-hmm. They appear to be some other pop group. Yeah, that's that's what it uh, they were referencing to that yeah. they were also stars. So there's there's a lot of loose threads that opened up in in episode four specifically. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think that's why we're probably feeling that tension. Oh yeah, definitely. So I'm excited to get back into it. Yeah, uh, but me too. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so I think that's gonna do it for this week's show. I think so. But this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this series of episodes. It was a welcome break from the first week. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. If you have any questions or you want to send us any comments, you can uh, send that to podcast at anamonday.moe. Or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our username is AnnaMondayCast. And there's going to be links to that on our website. And here come all the thanks. Thank you to Crunchyroll (laughs) for the work that they do and for providing the random button, which will uh, ensue all of these hijinks. Uh, If you want to follow along each week, we'll have a link to our current title on the website and on our social media. Uh, Some might require a premium subscription to Crunchyroll, but it's well worth it, so you should check it out. Uh, You can also watch all of these anime on their bundling service called Verve, which is at vrv.co. That gives you access to Crunchyroll, Funimation, and a bunch of others. Thanks also to C2A for allowing us to use his music for the intro and outro of our program. You can find both of those songs on the Senpai EPs, which are available on his Bandcamp, uh, and other major streaming services like Spotify and things of that sort. As usual, there will be links in the show notes and on our website if you want to check him out. Are you ready to roll for next week? I am ready. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. Random button. Three, two, one. Oh, boy. Our selection for the week is Monster Musume, Everyday Life with Monster Girls. Yeah, and the first episode is called Everyday Life with Lamia. Oh, boy. I, I've definitely heard of this one. Have you? Yes. Man, I have not heard of this. <laughs> I think this is a fairly recent one as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Here we go. (laughs) Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. And uh, thanks so much for joining us uh, on our second episode. Yeah, we're going to see you next week. All right. See you next week. ready to roll for next week? I think I am ready to roll. (laughs) I'm actually not. (laughs) Yeah, I figured. Oh my god, it's so hot in here. I'm dying. I know. (sighs) It was not this hot It wasn't. God.